0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Nerd Your Enthusiasm. Uh, this week, uh, sorry, we did take a couple weeks off. Uh, New Year's and, and and the holidays and a few other weeks as well. Uh, we just wanted to be able to, you know, talk about something that was interesting. We're also going to be talking about um, some upcoming uh, games as soon as they release. We'll be able to talk about those. We'll also have a have some segments about Cyberpunk um, once the... Once, uh, Probably one of the next weeks, but we'll figure something out. Uh, Stay tuned for future episodes. But this episode right here, uh, we're going to be doing a kind of new thing. So last time we did the Game of the Year award, we kind of, you know, had 10 games that came out in the year. We had a bunch of like arguments back and forth and we had to solidify on one game Uh, this year. We're doing something similar except for we're not doing 10 games we're not going to whittle it down it's going to be one game that steven picked one game i picked and we're going to argue back and forth about it so um but the whole meaning of it is we're trying to convince the other person to really say this that the game for example i picked steve should say is game of the year the other way around probably won't happen um (laughs) so uh okay yeah so, and also we have some runner-up awards, um, kind of not in the standard fashion. This isn't going to be like best indie game or anything like that. Just some some awards we th- I thought we should throw in there. Uh, so yeah. Uh, also, how have you been doing, Steve?
1: Not too shabby. The new year has greeted us, and hopefully, it turns to be a more successful year for all of us in some regards. Last year was absolute, you know, terrible, but hopefully this year it can turn around. Yeah, I agree. And we also
0: some games that came out recently just didn't did push the the envelope like I would have liked to see. So hopefully we'll get some some new stuff in the new year for
1: uh, Yeah, there's going to be about a lot to talk about, especially with a lot of developers being neck deep into development during COVID. I'm sure we'll hear about some more big announcements and launch dates for anticipated games certainly I'm, I'm super excited um,
0: but let's start off with the uh, the awards that I kind of came up with um, they're kind of you know runner-up awards to some degree also some you know just diff- different awards you wouldn't normally see so the first award and we're gonna start with a throwback award so this award I came we came up with um, is a game that you know you played during the year of 2020 but that didn't come out in 2020 and impressed you and you have to have been beat it so this game you have to have beat in 2020 but did not come out in that year um for me personally i gotta give this to um i gotta give this to the witcher 3 uh is it is a game that i had started playing 20 early 2020 i was like okay finally i'll have some time i guess because covid and i'll have more time at home <laughs> to kind of you know just jam into that on the weekends and initially i was like ah oh, this is kind of a drag i don't like it very much but then you i got into really the, like the world and as soon as i got hooked on gwent that was excuse me that was it um that was it mm-hmm. Gwen is like hearthstone me and steve used to play that all the time um but it, it's it's not i wouldn't say it's it's as annoying as hearthstone or you're not as you're not customizing on hours on it's- end
1: yeah, it, I also see that Gwen is less reliant on RNG, and there's more of a strategic element, very similar right. to chess. Yes, Gwen. Yeah. yeah.
0: And something I really liked. So you, you have, to, and you only get like ten cards in your hand. You have to play that hand. You can get cards that will help you deal more out of your deck, but the whole three rounds is ten cards. So you have to really be smart about how you enable, like which cards to play now. And some cards affect both sides of the field at the same time, so you have to be kind of smart about how you play it. And so the story of The Witcher 3, um, beating the main game and then hopping into Hearts of, St- Hearts of Stone, which in and of itself is okay. It's a good expansion. you know, It gives you more quests to do. But um, really enjoyed the game, and I highly recommend it to anyone if you haven't played it. I just, I'm just i a little bit in Blood and Wine, but kind of stopped. So haven't gotten to play that. But the main game, fantastic. You should check it out that was my time warp, or sorry, throwback award. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. No, that does, that is the time warp award. Sorry, if we have another one, it's called the throwback. But yeah, Steve, what's your, uh, do you have a time warp award or a caveat to that? I'm not sure if you.
1: Yeah, so I do have a time warp. Uh, it, the game did not come out in 2020. It's hard to sort of uh, dictate that you beat the game since it's not that type of video game. But I would have to give it to Civilization 6. Over the course of around uh, November, I got really deep into it, especially with the addition of the most recent expansion that came out early last year, uh, which is called gathering storm. And obviously our history with playing Civ five, you know, years back, like we were just hooked on that, like cocaine. It was (laughs) immediate addiction. Yeah. One more turn, one more turn. And I, one when more turn, CIF 4 a.m. It, in the morning. One more turn, yeah, 5 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And then it, it would have been two days straight had we not stopped. But anyways, um, but when Civilization 6 first came out, it was very apparent that they changed certain aspects of the game. They removed certain victory conditions like the diplomacy victory and sort of the city alliance system. And a lot of that kind of dampened my hype for Civilization Six when it first came out. But as per usual, with the Sid Meier games, they only get better with time, like wine. So I thought, okay, it was at a discount on Steam. I was able to purchase both the previous expansion and the newest one. They added a bunch of extra stuff that really follows the Civ 5 tra- trajectory with Brave New World. Mm-hmm. They also added some cool things with like environmental destruction. Right, um, like earthquakes, the- hurricanes. And- yeah, the- Which is kind of exactly. harkening back to the original game, which did
0: have hurricanes.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, and so they also added the... They it, they expanded the diplomacy uh, aspect of, of victory by adding like the World Congress where by playing uh, sort of like the idea of you gain diplomacy votes based on certain actions that you can do, whether it be trading with another civ alliance or let's say if a civilization gets absolutely demolished by a volcano. And you can send resources and aid to them through through trading and by doing that you accumulate points to a certain subquest that will pop up saying whoever gets the most percentage of of sending support to this specific civ during the emergency you then get the most diplomacy votes and by using the world Congress to your advantage, you can upend the voting to your favor and implement certain policies that will last for like 50 turns or so. Okay. And so you can really play around with that and ensure that you get there through the diplomacy victory, which is just to ensure that, you know, you're crowned the victor at the very end of the final world Congress event. All right. And it's just some really cool stuff. And I'm, I'm really excited that they brought Civ Six back to the glory of Civ Five, So that would be my pick. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. So this next uh, this next award is called the Throwback Award. So they're kind of similar to the Time Warp Award, except for the thing is you didn't beat it. It may be a game you touched at some point. Maybe you played for maybe an hour and were like, oh, okay, that's very interesting. I like it. But, you know, you never just got back to beating it or anything like that. For me, that goes to a game I actually put a few weeks ago about four or five weeks ago uh on my switch because i had chance to finally play on my switch hollow knight um i obviously haven't beat it it's kind of a hard game to beat but um i played it for you know a few hours and i really enjoyed what i played like you know roguelike very soulsy type of game um i i definitely enjoyed it and i you know might go back and tried to play more of it um a very very interesting game i had never played before always seen it heard about it um actually had it for a while since uh it was released on the switch but never really got into it until now um and so yeah that goes to my throwback award uh it's a game that didn't come out in 2020 but i just didn't beat but have played for a while
1: yeah that's a good pick i I did play it briefly for like about an hour and it it's it's very simple mechanics Make it seem like you would think it would be more easier than it is, but there's a lot of aspects about the movement that you have to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. So for my, use? so my throwback award is going to go to Grice. This game came nice. out, I believe, in 2019 or 2018. Okay. It came out for the Switch and the PC. Um, it's a 2D side-scroller artsy game and that is very similar to Journey in some regards. I played it briefly for about an hour. It's a very short game. I could probably, you know, complete it in one full session, but I had, you know, it just kind of lapsed in my mind What's, for a How bit. do you spell it? G-R-I-C-E? G-R-I-S. Grice. Oh. Or, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's just the art—the art, the art direction—is the one thing that really impressed me the most. And oh, yeah. it's definitely a little title that you should check out. Oh yeah, it looks like super artsy. Interesting.
0: Kind of reminds me of um, what was that game? Bound.
1: Yeah, it's like bound. That's a little bit. It's a not, I mean, compared. it's it's kind of like a hard. It's hard to it, describe yeah, it, but it's kind
0: of similar. Right. This bound was 3D. This is 2D, but it kind of looks similar. I mean, similar like, artsy kind of, I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I think Bound is a better comparison than Journey, but they all share that, you know, artsy aspect to it. All right, very
0: nice. Moving along, so (laughs) uh, this game, uh, sorry, this award is going to be called the What the Hell, and then insert name, so What the Hell Matt Award. Uh, This award goes to the game that came out in 2020 but just didn't play, and everyone tells me I should play. For me, it's got to be Hades. Um, I have not played that game yet. I have have a Switch, so there's no real excuse other than just buying it and playing it. It's a roguelike. I love roguelikes. So what the hell? (laughs) Haven't had a chance to play it, and I really should, so that's why I picked that one for myself. What would you say for yours? Ooh,
1: for mine, let's see here. That I did not play. Yakuza, You're Like a Dragon. Okay. As a big Yakuza fan who first started with Zero, and then did something that you shouldn't do—skip right to the sixth entry—it's <laughs> <laughs> like watching the first season of like of Breaking Bad, and then going straight to the last season after that. Um, it's like but watching. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and it's just I I think my trepidation for getting it now is because since we since I acquired the PlayStation Five. I'm still waiting for that next gen upgrade. I know that it won't be a big visual like upscale or like anything magnificent, but I just want to play the most definitive version before I really tap into it. But that would be the game that I should have played last year, but I just didn't. Okay. So this next
0: uh, award is called the Price of Coal Award, and I want us to say the game at the same time. I want to see if we have the same game. Uh, the award goes to a game that came out in 2020 that has potential to be good, but right now really doesn't meet the expectation. We'll say it on three, <laughs> just to see if we have the same game. One, right. two, three. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. 277. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and, and, you know, I kind of, I didn't select this this award on purpose to put to- cyberpunk, but I was thinking, I was like, oh shit, it is cyberpunk. Cause man, the game, I, 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 I keep going back to it to see how it develops. The story has something there, but personally right now, it's just like, it's not great. It's not, the story's not even that interesting. Um, no. they killed off spoilers. Not really, uh, you know, if you didn't play the first two hours of the game, then maybe you shouldn't listen to me, but there's a character called Jackie Wells um, and he dies fairly early on. I could care less. Like It's it's supposed to be a heartfelt, it's like, oh no! Crickets. It's like, like, okay! They kill the character that I kind of found annoying. Um, and the game's not like roleplay much at all. The gunplay is okay. The... The dialogue is is like just cause dialogue. Yeah, I put it there, and that echelon of dialogue. Have, have you played Just Cause, Steven? Uh,
1: very briefly.
0: You I played the, the second it's one. It's all about the gameplay. But did you play the story at all?
1: I don't remember the story. Okay, that's the exactly. thing.
0: Exactly, um, because the the story is like really like you know, oh man, we gotta care about this the dialogue, but it's not good. Except for, of course, I do enjoy. Um, uh, Johnny Silverhand. That's the only light shining in that for me. So I'm like, V's kind of boring. Like, eh. That's long story short. That's my that's my price of coal award. The reason it's called price of coal is because you paid for it, and right now it's coal, but it could be a diamond. That's why I kind of made that name. Um, go ahead. Well, so what? Do you have anything else to add to that?
1: Yeah, you just kind of just over, uh, went through all the points I was gonna make. It's basically a game that. I think we'll have, once they successfully reboot it, it, I'm not sure if they will go back to their original scope of it being a full-fledged RPG. I don't anticipate that will happen, but if they can at least fix certain aspects of it to actually prevent it from crashing and other technical issues, I think it could be a competent game down the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, Agreed.
0: The last one here uh, we have is called Hyped for Friends Award. The award goes to a game that you can't wait to have multiplayer. If they teased it or anything like that, I think we might have a very similar game here. Um, <laughs> uh, for myself, I picked The Last of Us Two. Um, when was when did they and like show that brief snippet of what it looked like multiplayer?
1: For it last was of leaked. Years? Yeah, it was, it was leaked from a server. But uh, basically, it showed ten seconds of someone. About to kill another individual with like, I think they it was like a backstab or whatever. And then there was another car, uh, friendly player that came and just executed them right before it happens. And the the map was a snowy map. Um, it didn't look like a like a remake of any previous uh, OG Last of Us map. So it's all brand new.
0: I certainly but hope the, the, it's the, not like a war zone or anything like that. I hope they go for actual multiplayer, but. I know
1: they could like standardize a battle royale mode where it's not a hundred players it's more like 30 40 tops because i feel like there's a lot of promise with the crafting system especially as you scout for materials and you could have that hybrid gameplay style where you're exploring to search for materials you know gain the the higher ground by getting specific key map locations And then crafting and just trying to make the best with what you can craft. I think that could be fun. Yeah, I I agree. Um,
0: What is your pick?
1: My pick is also The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, as soon as Faction comes out, that's going to be my go-to multiplayer for a while. Yeah, and
0: you know, Factions from Last of Us 1 had a good basis. You don't really need to change too much. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. Don't change too much. And if you do change too much, it may become something no one likes. Um like, I don't know, what's another yeah. Yeah, just don't. Just do do some changes, maybe add some like different modes. Maybe a horde mode would be fun. I think that would be fun. Um four players and a horde mode against the uh, against the zombies and like, I don't know, Fifteenth round, add the Rat King. You know, some crazy shit. Like you have to run away and just keep shooting and keep shooting and keep shooting. Like, I think that'd be fun. Do that. <laughs> That's plain and simple. All right. So now we're gonna we're gonna shift over um, into the main reason we came here. Uh, let's talk about our game of the year. Um, the game of the year awards. So, so my pick for my game of the year. Is Ghost of Tsushima Um, This should come as no surprise I've talked at length about it I do have some points because I was playing it a little bit earlier today just to remind myself um, exactly why the game is so easy to pick up and play Um, Also, Steve, you'll have your chance to announce yours in a little bit Um, I'm going to reveal mine talk about why I like mine
1: and then you can talk about why you like yours Does that work for you? You could go through your points and then, uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: so the basis here is the game's so easy to pick up and play. I actually started new game plus today just because I, you know, wanted to be able to interact with the fresh ideas. Um, the game was seamless. It's like I, I, just dropped right in. New game plus actually starts you off on a different, on like a little tiny, 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 like five second quest that says talk to the voiceless um guy that has a bunch of like armor, like. Um, aesthetic stuff, you can add uh, new masks and everything like that for New Game Plus. Um, And then I went right into the game. Uh, I didn't spend too much time with the cutscenes because, you know, it it was nice, except for the opening cutscene where you're riding across the plane on the horse. Just so beautiful. Um, Multiplayer content was added when no one really knew it was coming and didn't really ask for it. and surprised us. Uh, I really enjoyed the multiplayer very much. Uh, when we did play it, and now I think the raids are out. We could check that out. We never actually beat the multiplayer, uh, you and I, but um, something we could go back to. Uh, as I already mentioned, new game plus something that you know is kind of expected in this type of game, but we didn't really ask. No one really asked for it, um, and we, you know they created content that I think really sends it home. Not to mention getting more a little bit into the story. Um, characters are really fleshed out and the UI is amazing. Whether it's the yeah, storm when you're, you're, you're the bad like playing a little bit more Ronin-like like dark, like un- dishonorable um, or fair weather when you're playing honorable or, you know, just you could bring out your flute and change the weather to whatever you really want after you've gotten and unlocked certain songs you could play on your, your flute. I, there probably is a name for the flute but I'm probably messing that up. Um, tons of collectibles. Side quests. Take part in. Uh, you can. I think you have to do this. The first side quest for every side character, whether it's Lady Masako and murdered family, um, uh, Sensei Ishikawa with the, he, he's the bow guy. Uh, what was the the drunk or not the drunk? Uh, the guy who sells the alcohol that gets you into Azamobe. Do you remember his name?
1: Oh uh, no, it's been a while. But I know who you're Genchi talking about. or
0: something like that
1: um i could pull it up god i
0: should well long story short and then uh taka and his sister um what's her name she says i really like do my uh <laughs> the like oh uh, okay let's see lord Shimura is a great character uh khan's it's kind of cookie cutter but he's kind of like just that's like he's Yuna I, is uh, the Yuna, name of the thank you thank, yeah. you thank you thank you and Ryuzo the the traitor like there's so many great parts of Japanese cinema American cin- like cinema in general have been brought to this game Kenji I think is the the alcohol guy if I'm not mistaken uh, the guy who brings you into Osmo Bay I could be wrong um and Sensei Ishikawa. I really like uh Sensei Ishikawa. He's actually played uh his, he I think he's voiced by the guy who's in um he plays like this this businessman from uh like a science corporation in the show The Expanse. Uh I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain I'm, I recognize his voice. Um yeah, just just really great character development. Uh Kotenkan, there's sadness uh, and, and, you know, really despair. And in a lot of ways, I think this game doesn't have me, like, fighting with my emotions at all. Um, except for when it comes to, like, like initially, when I was playing a little bit more Ronin-like, I was like, but I like playing stealth characters. Like, I, when I played Skyrim, I played the uh, the stealthy, you know, Thieves Guild armor, but the, you know, Dark Assassin blade with a you know bow and i always would use magic to throw my voice around screw screw people over so i'm that kind of guy but i also enjoyed the uh the the showdowns very cool little thing that you can do instead of you know sh- just sh- just sh- opening up a fight you can just say hey everyone come out and then it has this little like cutaway where you're just you're waiting to attack sometimes in the later uh sometimes in the later parts of the story. It would be hard to like figure out when to strike because the char- the because you've gotten so far in the game, now they're starting to like really get really good at um timing when they're going to attack. Cuz sometimes they'll they'll flinch and you'll have a chance. You're like, "Oh, wait, no." And then you'll attack them and then they'll hurt you and then you're surrounded by five enemies and you're going to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gets kind of hard. So you, it's like one of those don't blink moments where, you know, would Throws his pistol and is getting ready to getting ready to draw. It's kind of like that.
1: It's um, crazy how the difficulty scales from the first region where you're just having such a tranquil, easy time, and then once you get to the second region, it's like, oh shit, here we go. And then
0: the third region, even
1: like, oh, oh yeah, the third I, region just. I remember I, when I got to the second
0: region and, um, the first like you cross the area, you're, the first open area. You get into this like you know, uh, swampish area. And then there's like three straw hat Ronins and I'm like, oh shit. And they just start smacking the shit at me. I'm like, okay, I was not prepared for this fight. I thought it was all badass on the first island. And then these guys show up and it's it's all uh, everything. It's just a throwdown. and they're kicking my ass. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Cause they're really like very timing oriented type enemies. You have to like really take your time to like wait and attack and parry. And yeah. What were you going to say?
1: Uh, No, just about the general nature of Ghost of Tsushima that I have to give the biggest credit towards is the tranquil environments, the visual design. It was the game I always imagined it would be based on the pre-marketing material. I kind of compare it uh, briefly to Blade Runner 2049 just in terms of visual awe that they are able to just seep over your television screen. It is just immensely beautiful and it's very rare when the game can just match the promise of what Sucker Punch tried you know when they first brought it out Yeah, it does not look like a PS4 game it really legit looks like a PS5 next gen PC game at yeah. times and some games that have come out since PS5 have not felt like that
0: <laughs> right um, so it's, it's just really refreshing to see that like next gen before the next gen uh, let's see I, I've Kind of leading into that, simply one of the most picturesque games of 2020, with grand vistas to cinema-like drama moments in the cutscenes. So you'll you'll be like on top of a mountain after you do a temple, and you will you know have a great picture. Still in my PlayStation 4, I have the this you know I'm wearing my Ronin hat, my like broken samurai armor, and in picture mode you can just take a great picture, and it kind of shows the most of all three of the areas. And it's great. Um, and then you know the cutscenes, especially the one that sticks in my memory, the the first duel you have with uh, Ryozo. So you've just gotten to ca- uh, Castle Canada, and you're getting ready to save Lord Shimura, and he's just sitting there sharpening his sword, and he he's betrayed you at that point. And that was like that was something I slightly expected, but not. Like to a certain extent, I was like, "Oh shit, someone's gonna betray me!" And that he's—it's him—and I was like, "Oh!" And then that first duel, I think, yeah, that's the first duel you do, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, in the game. Just very, oh, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm mistaken. The first duel you do is with training swords against Lord Shimura in.
1: The, oh, that's right, in the flashback, the, right? In the flashback,
0: which actually plays out to the end, which you have that very similar duel at this at a very
1: similar location. Yeah. Um, the most iconic scene in that game, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: very much, and and not to mention the 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 inner conflict you're having as Jin Sakai, um, you know, whether to be honorable or not, and eventually you have to become the Batman, become the Ghost. It's very much a, I mean, you could draw parallels across you know time for Batman and and this game, but it's it's it's. Well, I guess Batman would is, didn't have an inner conflict. He decided to do it. This is this is someone becoming something they're necessarily not, and right. Just very, yeah, it's it's great. Next point. It has a
1: stoic quality where you have like this samurai who has to relent and face the new challenges of the of the new world and how the and how the enemy is using new tactics and he has to you know adapt to that. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, my next point here, it brings you the cult- into the culture of Japan without being too heavy-handed. Explained through gameplay, legend tales, and storyline. So, I mean, and also some of the hints even talk to you about this. But you don't have to go reading everything. You kind of get like the importance of why Tsushima needs to not- shouldn't fall because it's the one, one island right before mainland Japan. And so if Kotenkan defeats you, Defeats the island, takes it over. It's gonna mean disaster for for Japan. This, something similar happened. I don't know if like you can base it off of this exact story, but there was um like right before all the shogun, it, it was early early uh um uh, like feudal Japan where something very similar happened, and the and the Mongols actually did invade. So it's based off of some sort of history, of course. Uh, but then like you get the haikus. That's a great way, and it's part of this one of the collectibles. You get a you get a head wrap every time you get a haiku completed, and there's a bunch of them. You get the the Inari shrines with the charms and the fox. Uh, the legends themselves are amazing. Uh, really great storytelling mechan mechanisms, and using it to give you a new um, perk every time. Uh, phew, let me think. The what else? The collectibles. Um, help me out here. I'm trying to The think. the fox shrines you mentioned. Yeah, right? the fox shrines. You have the haikus. Um, you get to see beautiful you architecture. You get
1: to pick up the fallen swords. Like yes, get their the fallen attempt. swords.
0: Yes, and then also, just like.
1: The magnificent beauty of it all. It's yeah. It's in a sense of not. It's like the main aspect of finding that collectible is not the end goal. It's just in the sense of to explore the beautiful, d- different sections of the area.
0: Yeah, these beautiful temples, which is something else. Um, the climbing the temples.
1: Oh yeah, climbing the temples. The vertical aspect yeah. of Ghost of Tsushima that I think is a bit underrated.
0: They took, and this is, and this is all done by an American studio, not to sit mention that. Um, yeah. Sucker Punch. The people behind uh, Sly Cooper, which you can find a uh, Sly Cooper outfit in this game—a throwback to that. You get to climb a few of the taller pagodas and find them, but the temples typically will have different things around them. But you get to wear kind of Sly Cooper, and there's a secret trophy uh, attached to that. Uh, there's also sorrow really sad moments in this game. Kind of want to bounce back to you know the feelings. Um, when your uncle won't listen to you and he ends up calling you a traitor and you have to escape from there in order to go help Yuna and go defeat Koten Khan and your uncle's not gonna help you. And then all of a sudden your horse, which you've been with for so long, dies. The time when you're tied up with uh, with Taka and you know you've just been kind of knocked out, and you're like, "Shit, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here." And then you see Kotan Khan right behind, uh, behind Jin, through like a cutscene, and it's like, "God damn it!" And he shows up, and you know it's it's someone's gonna die. And he takes Taka's head, and it's just so brutal. And he shows—I think he shows it to you—and then tosses it to the side, just like you shouldn't have listened. People, less people will die. Very like a Thanos move. He kind of like reminds me a little bit of Thanos and a little bit of like I don't know. It's a bit it's a bit of everything, but he's very just very like you could have avoided this and yet you didn't. There's a lot of great moments in this game. If you haven't played it, definitely pick it up and play it. Uh one of my last points, you can make the ghost feel feel uh like your own. So you can, you know, wear the Ronan outfit or you can go full samurai armor or in the new new game plus you could wear almost nothing (laughs) you could have literally like a, a a towel right between your legs and it's an armor set um that's literally like it's like a it's like a loincloth and that's about it and so it's like you know that's kind of more of a funny thing but you can really make it your own and play it the way you want to uh you can play it Play it with a bow. You could play it with uh all silence weapons. You could just throw grenades at everybody. You uh various things. Not to mention the Best different stances. And,
1: yeah. The stances are very similar to Neo.
0: Oh, the grandma character, which I cannot remember her name to save my life. Um <laughs> she's kind of the, yeah. the caretaker of the Sakai estate. And she has two missions. And that is most impact like that's a, for for meeting the character from meeting to for a time where you go to meeting the character to f- having the character finish off two missions amazing very sad at the end um, definitely recommend playing that if you haven't played that uh, storyline but just just I can't say enough about this and then if you really want to get really good at the game. You can make an entire different set. Like I said, kind of making the ghost your own. You can make a set of charms that plays your play, playing style. You want to play with bows more? Great. Have infinite bow, infinite arrows, like Legolas, and just walk through and murder everyone. Want to play with just like a samurai? You can make a build based around that. Want to play you know, poisonous ronin backstabbing everybody, and like if they pick up a bell, they get poisoned and die? Like You could play yeah. that way.
1: That was my favorite way to play.
0: Yeah. And kind of bouncing back to multiplayer, there's the raids that have come out. There's the multiplayer play with a friend. I think you can play up to four friends, right? Or is it two friends yeah. for, the, for the story and then four for the raid? Yep. Yeah. And customize that as well. All of the masks you unlocked in single player, oh, look, now they're available in multiplayer. I wish they kind of had some of the outfit critique, like changes you can make, but I understand for the purpose of your playing as a legend um
1: you know they make it very yeah it's more streamlined, streamlined. they they kind of pigeonhole you to a certain role but that's fine because they still give you enough diverse diversity to like expand on your options a bit yeah
0: and and that that's the reason why i picked this game because oh did i mention the music and also that it got snubbed during the game awards <laughs> uh the music yeah, alone is is yeah. is why it has these impactful moments like when you're fighting Khan at the end, he tosses something in your eyes. It's like shit. Or when Taka dies or when just this the orchestra makes it seem like, you know, Kurosawa, but even better. Like it, it's insane just how good this game is. Also, I've said my piece, um, but that's why I think it should be, that's why it's my pick of the game of the year. Very interested to see what you picked.
1: That was a really good deliberation for Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I had two other titles that was in the running for my overall pick. Persona 5 Royale, that would have been a very easy slam dunk, but obviously we had a certain uh, hesitance because it's considered like an expanded version, a director's cut. So I figured for the sake of this conversation, I won't nominate it. Uh, The Last of Us Part Two was going to be my go-to pick. Um, It is just a phenomenal work, a piece of art, and it will be remembered for years to come. However, as much as I love Naughty Dog and The Last of Us, there was an unexpected game that came out this year. Oh, Jesus. And it's a game that I had through much deliberation after completing it despite all of the fucking frustration i had with it oh. 77
0: you're going <laughs> to have to convince me this,
1: <laughs> and the reason for this is solely what? on the merits of cd project red's writing team because it within the first half of the game, I was convinced this game is really trying too hard. It's not going anywhere narratively. The oh characters God. don't really intrigue me. And then it does a complete 180 in terms of quest structure, in terms of the little moment-to-moment character interactions. All the superficiality of Night City burns away as you really fucking invest in these side quests and characters that resonate with you in ways that I didn't anticipate at all. It's side quests that is linked with other side quests. It just changed to it changed together uh, to form this sort of cohesive. Illusion of the promise of Night City as a destination for achieving legend status. In a similar way to how Johnny Silverhand did. Um, And Despite all the technical technical problems, I had this game crash over 20 times for me. There was a point where I uninstalled the game within the first five hours because I was like, "This is fucking horseshit. I'm not. Why do I persist?" But there was an inkling in the back of my mind where I was like, "Well, let me do it for Keanu Reeves. I, I got at least for, go Keanu. for that shit. yeah for Keanu. He's for my role model. Okay, yeah for Keanu. So I was oh, like, no. okay, whatever." I continued, I continued. Techno, I had to reload saves, quests would bug out. It is demonst- It is a technical monstrosity, and I give... I. This was a hard pick to make because I know that a lot of the backlash is warranted, and much of the merits that they had promised initially with Deceptive with acceptable marketing and the sort of YouTube influencers that were hyping this game up to Oblivion. Like, all of that deserves just criticism and even more. But, if you set aside all that, my favorite moments are when you just start a side quest, you meet up with a character, they phone you up, hey, I got, you know, a little something to deal with, a problem. Let's go meet at the bar. Let's go meet at at this motel or let's go meet at this diner and you sit down and you have a frank heart to heart conversation. And it's in those moments where very few video games, they always have to accelerate to the end goal or get to the point. Cyberpunk takes its sweet time. And you get these moments back to back where you're just talking with someone else and you pick dialogue choices that contextualize the conversation, but not enough to where you're making meaningful choices. This game is not like Mass Effect where it gives you that illusion of making a choice. This is a very linear game. If you were to imagine as a Dels X on steroids, that would be the equivalent uh, comparison, which is what I wanted and I got it. But Again, to the dismay of all the tech issues and the botched lunch. Outside of that, though, it's in the second half where you meet characters and you realize that Johnny Silverhand is much more than the bombastic anarchist rock star that he is. And it is through that unraveling of his past and the fact that the main character that you play as, V, wants to more or less become like him as you continue on with the main narrative it becomes very apparent that a certain choice that you make as v would impact the ending which has six different potential conclusions um and the way that that climatic mission plays out I won't compare it to like the Mass Effect 2 Suicide Mission because it's not as bombastic as that. But it's really like a last fuck you to the idea of Night City. And it was just this catharsis and all the sort of small events that unraveled during that last mission and the characters that you resonated with just go into the gauntlet with you the relationships that you have been able to, you know, retain or have lost. And then the ending that I got is probably a bit more personal than I would like to admit. It kind of hit closer to home because a lot of it was subtext. Uh, A a lot of it was just things that are that have happened in my life or that are current that is currently happening in my life. And that hit me and it was just this. I didn't really feel much, but it felt like I was being observed or like, it's kind of weird. It's like this meta synchronicity that occurs. Like whenever you watch a movie or play a game and then it's playing out certain aspects or thematic elements that you recently went through or that you were just researching or talking about. And it like pinpoints it directly. And it just hit me like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> it's hard to explain, so I won't go deeper because a lot of it is very spoilerific, but it was just like, wow. Um, and that really hit me, and I kind of have a, a a sense of sadness for this game because if CD Projekt Red just gave it, like, an additional year or two to, to cement at least the full focus that they had with what they were trying to set out to do this could have been easily a genre defining title i have a Um, question for you yeah go ahead why is it that
0: it took so long how how many hours did you have to put into until you had that 180 flip
1: 180 flip it depends because a lot of the more interesting side quests really turn up like around the halfway mark which is it's a bit sooner than that at times. It depends on on what character side quests you decide to partake in. Some side quests, I'm not talking about like the very small things that you encounter Thanks. in the world, some of them can be good, but it can take roughly about like 15 hours until you really get to the meat. Um, and. I don't know, it, it, it's just weird, it's just like I finally understood why A lot of people praise CD Projekt Red with the writing in The Witcher. Like, it just hit me. It was just like, I see why that game got so many accolades and why it was a, you know, genre-defining RPG. And again, maybe it's my Keanu Reeves (laughs) obsession talking, but even outside of that character, you still meet other characters like Judy Alvarez, who is... The hacker that you meet early on and her relationship with Evelyn Parker, who you also meet. Um, you meet Pan Am Parker, who... I just is... got to the mission where you have to go find Evelyn. Right. So... Yeah. So the way that plays out is very intriguing. Um, Pan Am Parker, you meet her closer to the halfway point as well. Um, River is a detective who is trying to trying to catch, like, the serial killer who kidnapped his brother, and you kind of have to, you know, be his sidekick in that case. Um, there's, like, this plot line where you have to help this CEO and his wife figure out how to stop this, like, internal, uh, like, infiltration attempt to basically tarnish their names forever and to stop his run for mayor. There's just like so many interesting storylines. And there's this one side quest that really does go pretty far. I'm not going to spoil it, but it is like morally uh, questionable at times. And I was like, wow, I have... It's. I'm not saying it's like they're the only studio that has the balls to do that, but it's like wow they were able to put this there that is very fascinating um and i could touch on the music the ambience of night city a lot of night city doesn't work i will give it that but there is a sort of feel to night city that is kind of hard to articulate because on one end you are looking at the horizon and you see the fucking 2DS model cars that are glitching in the background and that breaks the immersion. But then on one end, it's nighttime and you're browsing through the Japan like district area and all the lighting and the illuminance and just the backdrop of the rain hitting the buildings. It's unlike anything I've seen before. Like, DelSex was very small, smaller in scale. And so I could not really gravitate too much to that. It was more... It was more hardwired to a more, like, rustic uh, architecture environment. Like, it, it was very firm in in the way that they presented it. In Cyberpunk, they kind of let the beauty kind of, like, just drench over a bit more. And then Johnny Silverhand's uh, side quest near the end were... Again, I don't want to spoil anything, but you kind of get the band back together. And that whole sequence is just fucking amazing. Um... And yeah, it's a game that will be tarnished and will have an infamous legacy. It's probably the biggest failed launch of any video game ever, to be honest. But I can't just look at the the broken beauty of it and the hints of like what could have been. And that still resonates with me for some weird reason. And that's why I chose it as my game of the year pick. And to close it off, the reason why I also like it so much is because I think it's the closest thing we'll get to Mr. Robot in the video game.
0: Uh, the TV yeah. 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> interesting. So I'm very surprised you picked that. I'm um, happy you like the game i have not had the amount of frustration you've had
1: where i've decided to get rid of it entirely
0: (laughs) the gunplay
1: yeah yeah. like like i told you i was completely pissed off with the game i was like this is dog shit but and i may need to restart the game um i i would advise if you were if you have any intention of playing this game, just wait for the next-gen upgrade, which probably won't be till later this year, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just and not... It's just really complete, not... Yeah. Not for me at all
0: at this moment. I find that... Like I kind of compared it earlier, the the dialogue doesn't grab me. I find myself wanting to hit skip dialogue constantly. I feel like the, the dialogue is just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so slow. Like someone will say something and then take a whole another minute to say something else. And then take a whole nother Like the, it's very stilted the way that the conversations go. Maybe that's a glitch um, for me, but it's, it's, it's just like, my God, circle, yeah, I mean, just get the fuck on with it. What, what are we talking about here? And like you said, you like, it's a slow burn.
1: Yeah, it's a slow burn. It's very much Blade Runner-esque in some aspects where you watch the first Blade Runner and it's just drags on and drags on. And it's just like a lot of like white noise in some regards. And, you know, a a lot of people can appreciate that and others prefer something that just gets to the point. I think the design
0: of the city is not great at all. Yeah. I wish there were more like, you know, back alleys or something like something because I find myself having to go three blocks in one direction to make a left and three blocks in another direction to get to where I hell I'm going. It feels like very separated city.
1: There, There's actually a very surprising amount of back alleys Uh, in terms of travel navigation with the vehicles. Yeah, it's pretty shit. Uh, I'll give you that. I do know
0: there's back alleys, but a lot of the time I'm finding like, OK, I want to get over there. And I have to, like, for example, a different part of the city, one of the other parts. And I'm like, great, I have to go the, six blocks to get to a huge bridge and then cross or swim. I could swim, but
1: like, right. I mean, the the mobility does hamper you in the beginning, but once you upgrade to the double jump, uh, or slow down time to actually like do a brief jump and then it just launches you across. It really opens up the verticality of this game, and there are certain aspects where. You can tackle like a lot of like the uh, random enemy uh, encampments that you you can find and hack, and it gives I you that sense of mobility.
0: I do have fun doing like just like because that's what I when I'm like frustrated at the game I'm like okay screw it I'm just gonna find oh look there's a bunch of gangsters there. great oh they're all wanted amazing <laughs> just open up on them and yeah you know take them out apparently. I think I really fucked up with it with my skill tree because I have like seven points in every single one.
1: After yeah time, I wish I, like, I wish that they explained the skill tree a bit better. so the idea is that you can put attribute points to a certain category and you' and then you gain perk points, which are separate. You can gain perk points just by doing specific activities tied to that uh skill tree. So if you're doing hacking and most of the stuff you're doing is hacking then you're going to accum- you know, accumulate perk points quicker than attribute points. But so certain skill perks cannot be unlocked until you reach a certain attribute level. And so that kind of hampers a little bit of the progression because you you, you kind of have the sense of like you want to just like move that along quicker, but you have to be tied to doing more activities. A lot of the skill progression system is a bit tampered. Um, another aspect I wanted to talk about is the crafting. Uh, it's mostly useless at this point because you just... The looting mechanics of this game is really bare bones, yeah, and very. they had no... They did not think this through. Um, Which is it surprising. Kinda, it because kinda, they had
0: really good looting mechanics in Witcher
1: 3. Yeah yeah i mean again it's just it's just a shame in in some aspects um in a lot of aspects really but i just i personal five royale guaranteed i would love it part two guaranteed i would love it cyberpunk that 180 and that that sense of just like they were it's like Cyberpunk was talking about itself as a product in some ways. It was so meta that, again, maybe it's a lot of superfluous stuff I'm saying right now, but the idea of burning it to the ground, it being some type of statement against the video game industry, that is all contextualized within the Cyberpunk genre. But for some reason, the way this game played out and the way it launched... I'm not saying it was intentional in some regards. I'm just saying that it just kind of fits perfectly with how it all plays out. Hmm. And yeah, uh, it, it's a very fascinating game. Okay. However, I do agree that Ghost of Tsushima is the better game. So you're going to concede? I'm going to concede right away.
0: Immediately. Okay, because I was going to say, dude, I'm about to take it to town and we're going to have a fun time talking about the stealth mechanics of uh, Ghost of Tsushima versus that of... (laughs) that of Cyberpunk. I... I know, I know, because there's no stealth mechanics in Witcher. There's no stealth mechanics in Witcher um, that I know of. I have never had to deal with that. But... I know that's not their strong suit, but where their strong suits should have, where their strong suits should have been, it should have been with the crafting mechanic, because there's, that's what I live for. That's like one of the things I live for in in, in Witcher Three. They have great crafting mechanics. You could find a new Witcher thing like a, the the uh, school of the serpent, because Geralt comes from the school of the wolf. So you can have School of the Serpent or School of the the Bear and find these like School of the Bears like heavy armor. So it's like, oh cool. Like if you want to go to heavy armor build, then great. You can do that. They do really well with the skill tree in the Witcher. Of course, like there are certain ones that I find are pointless, like the for the Witcher it was, you know, the uh alchemy tree which you can do like really a lot of things with like make it less poisonous for you to take certain alchemy things and make oils that are more strong to kill certain animals great like they don't do super great with that but in this game they kind of it, it didn't really do well at all however i haven't played as much as you have i agree but there's when it comes to game of the year status, and you would have had actually probably a better time convincing me of Last of Us Part Two, I will say.
1: Um, if I had chosen Last of Us Part Two, that would have won. Okay. Did you, see, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw shade at you or anything, but like legit, I was going to pick Part Two before completing Cyberpunk because that was that was the that was a for sure thing for me. But I don't know Cyberpunk just. Cyberpunk is a more interesting game to me than Part Two. Okay, which is which is really weird to say because you, there are very few fault flaws in Part Two, in my opinion. But it's in that it, I think that's why I also kind of hesitate with Part Two because it was kind of like, yeah, it's Naughty Dog, of course. Like, and it's a great game. I I love I love Last of Us Part Two,
0: which is why it would have been much harder for me to. Like, you probably would have come out with some great, I, great arguments. That I, would be like, yeah. oh, fuck. I okay. think
1: my argument is more personal because of, the, of one of the endings. And I'm surprised I even got that ending, sort of. Because you can kind of, like, kind of pinpoint and sort of, like, make decisions leading up to the climax mission. That you're like, okay, I, I kind of feel like I, I want to do this and how everything will play out. And so you can kind of craft the ending in some regards. And pick and like get the ending that you feel suits the the main character. Mm -hmm. And I was able to do that with my ending, and then just the added, you know, benefit of contextualizing certain aspects about my personal life. And I was just like, okay, 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 okay. To be honest,
0: it would have been like me picking Senua's Sacrifice for Game of the Year when Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild came out. Right. It's like, oh, fuck. Legend of Zelda is such a much better game but say you picked that one for yours which is essentially what you would have done and i would have picked sending a sacrifice because it's a much more personal meaning to me
1: i do respect that yeah because there's there's this one it's the final side quest for the Carrie uh character who you meet later on in the game Mm -hmm. in the back end really and he's one of the uh, band members of Samurai with uh, Johnny Silverhand. And the whole idea is reconnecting with him, seeing what he's up to, uh, all, all the success that he's had since he's gone solo. Uh, and I'm just going to spoil this little visual sure. aspect of the side quest where he's just playing guitar and he's trying to come up with like a new concept for a song. And you're just there sitting next to him on a yacht. And Johnny Silverhand is like you know lying down on the very tip of the yacht, just looking up, you know, observing, you know, hearing the conversation that you have with uh, with uh, what's his name, (laughs) Carrie. I forgot. I I
0: don't know. I never met the guy. So (laughs) Carrie, you said Carrie.
1: Yeah, Carrie. Yeah, uh, Carrie and he's just plucking at that fucking guitar for like. 10 minutes, and you're just there. And it's just like those quiet, dumbass moments where the game kind of reveals itself to you.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely got, got that like, feeling. Like, I, I, I was doing the... There's this fight you can do, hand, fist fight, which I got my ass handed to me at, and I needed to get my strength out right. of that. But it's, yeah. it's the twins fight where you are fighting yeah, the two guys. 12. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there's this guy there who's just kind of playing guitar, and it, the way his hands are ro- moving on the guitar... Looks like exactly how you should be playing it. <laughs> Someone actually mentioned that on Reddit. And so, yeah, yeah they, they do a lot of little things. A lot of little things in the game to make you, like, understand, like, hey, check this out. It's little little intricacies, little care that they put into yeah. the game, which I do it's appreciate.
1: Very exi- it's a very existential game in some ways that... The marketing doesn't give it credit for. Like, when you look at the marketing for the game, it's like, oh, okay, it's a GTA slash, you know, cyberpunk ripoff where all oh, the dialogue and I finally really did actually thing. commit a crime in the game, not on purpose, because, you know,
0: oh, a lot of, a lot of yeah. shot shots going through the streets and I accidentally clipped a civilian. Then the cops come after me. And I was like, oh, shit, it's like two star one level. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen anything after that because I escaped. But you know, I'm not sure if that matters or if I have a bounty on my head or something.
1: No, uh, the the wanted system is just shit. They added that like in the last two weeks of the game coming out or some shit. So yeah, there's just it's a mess, but it's a beautiful mess in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Well, um, yeah. So you could see game of the year to Ghost Tsushima. Uh, I would have yep. loved to see our argument, but I think.
1: I think... Honestly, my only grievances against Ghost of Tsushima is that the Khan is a... He's more of a force of nature. Yeah. There's very little characterization to him. Like you mentioned, he's more of a Thanos, but even I found Thanos to have more character. Oh, yeah. And then his his final boss fight was a little underdeveloped with how it progresses. Um, and then, just the aspect of, like, the game tends to reward you for going the... Ninjutsu route a lot more than the samurai route. Like, obviously, if, if you prefer more one on one katana duels and stuff, like you can still go that route and have fun. But, like, there is no baked in like honor system to dictate and give you additional like passive bonuses or something to encourage you to follow a certain path. And a lot of like the dialogue in certain cutscenes kind of Goes counter with what you're doing in game at times. Where at one point Jin Sakai is more samurai, but then at another cutscene he's more of a you know ghost, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of it doesn't break the immersion for me too much, but it's enough to where I'm like, okay, uh, we're kind of just going back and forth a little bit here. But those are like my biggest grievances for what is a very competent and stunning game at the end of the day. Agreed. Yeah. I just
0: can't get enough of the game. New game plus, you know, it, it it it's just there to, you know, further on the the game. Um allows me to unlock more stuff, finish off all my armor pieces that I didn't finish off. But yeah. Overall, really great game. And that was a lot shorter uh, argument than i had planned for. So I threw a at you, didn't I? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You're like I will say this game is my favorite and I will concede to you. It's like, ah, oh, wind out of sails. But yeah. Um, and again, like, I put it at my price of coal winner because I think it can become something more refined. It just hasn't yeah. done so at this point for me. And maybe I need to get to that 180 flip moment uh, to really see what it's all about. But yeah, it's, it's slow burn for me right now. I'm like... I have. I'm at the Evelyn mission. You know, I'm been working a lot, so I've been like, ah, oh, fuck. Got to, you know, have, I want to play games. I want to do this, but a lot of a lot of stuff going on. But yeah. yeah. In, in the next. Um. Yeah. I, I'm glad that. And if you if you guys have any questions, uh, about what you want to hear us talk about next, please be sure to follow us on Instagram. Um, I did update our Instagram so that way I can finally say it correctly. 'Cause Jesus Christ I haven't been saying correctly in the last three episodes. You can follow us at NYE Cast on uh, Instagram. And uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Castbox, a variety of different platforms there. Let us know. Uh, what you want us to what you want to hear us talk about. You can even email us at nyecast at gmail.com. Uh, that's the associated email for our, um, uh, on our Instagram, and yeah, just let us know if you want to hear us talk about or argue about more things. You want us to do a certain type of Royale? Uh, maybe you want us to incorporate video into our <laughs> podcast because that's something we're working on. Uh, let us know. And other than that, did you have anything else you want to say, Steve, about anything we talked about here?
1: no basically just a little subtle announcement that uh, we do plan on rotating guests more frequently Uh, it will just be mostly me and Matt uh, for the foreseeable future we do plan on incorporating more diverse voices to discuss you know what nerd aspects that we're currently uh, consuming uh, whether it be you know television shows on Disney Plus, HBO. This is going to be a big year for HBO Max with all the film premieres all the way from Dune, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, and and The Matrix 4, obviously. So stay tuned for that. Um, it's going to be a big year for that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us this week,
0: and I hope you have a great rest of your week, morning, day, wherever the hell you are. Have
1: a good one. And once again, congrats to Ghost of Tsushima for winning our Go the 2020 award. Yes, victory, flawless. Revenge victory. for Tetris Effect.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> sure. <All right. laughs> Have a good one. All right. Bye. Later.